everybody, welcome back to another episode of My White Belt. And what an interesting week. Last Thursday, we had a new guy who signed up for, we have a program called Jiu-Jitsu Jumpstart at our school where you can come in and you get a gi and you get a couple privates. And it's really just a package for somebody who's literally never trained jiu-jitsu before and they want to be ready to jump into a regular class. But this little additional optional program teaches people how to shrimp and bridge and break fall and basic positions so that when they get into class, they don't have to, the teacher doesn't have to stop and run them through all those things. But... Thursday, we had this awesome guy who came in for a jumpstart, and he is a second-degree black belt in another martial art. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what's this going to be like? You know, the normal or the typical person who would go through the jumpstart program would be somebody who has probably never even trained a martial art before. But this guy was like, listen, I, I, you know, ran a school, I was a teacher, I have a second degree, black belt in this other martial art, but I've never done Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and so I just want to, I just want to come in and do this program so that, because I know, because I, I don't know what I don't know. And he came in, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, Obviously, this is somebody who's like really been committed to martial arts and has devoted a big bunch of their life to it. What's he going to be like when he comes in? Is he going to be like, you know, we we never did it this way. This guy came in, big, strong guy who has done a ton of martial arts. And his attitude could not have been better. He was incredibly humble, questioned nothing, worked so hard. And obviously, he has a pretty good sense of his own body mechanics. This is a guy named Darren. And I, you know, I won't say his last name because, I, I don't know, confidentiality? <laughs> is there confidentiality in martial arts? Anyhow, uh, second degree black belt Darren came in and did his first jiu-jitsu class. And was amazingly humble and great and did great. And at the end of our time together, at the end of our our little mini private class, this guy looked at me and said, man, I love being a white belt. I just love being a white belt. And... I was blown away by that. We talk a lot on the Instagram about coming in humble and not coming in hot and not coming in aggressive and not coming in insecure. You know, that we're going to have to overcome, everybody's going to have to overcome some of those things. But to come in as a seasoned martial artist and say, I love being a white belt. That place where you know there's an entire world that is about to open up to you. And I'm thinking about, for those of you who, you know, you might be hanging out on the Instagram or listening to the podcast and you're not a white belt yet because you're just really nervous 
about making that call, setting up that trial class. Or for those of you who are brand new and you see yourself showing up, just really feeling like you need to be aggressive, like you have something to prove, and then you get Darren. Darren who, uh, you know, with, with just his strength and the things that he knows is incredibly formidable, but he has decided to do something new. And rather than coming in and saying, you know, I'm fluent in this other language, and so I'm going to let that other language that I know completely cover this new language that I'm learning, he said, nope, I am going to be brand new, I'm going to be a beginner, I'm not going to bring any weird energy in, I love being a white belt. So, if you're here and you're hanging out, and you happen to be a white belt, I hope that you love being a white belt. With all of the challenges that come with being a white belt, I hope that you love it. It's been a really good, it's been a good week of training in spite of weird stuff. I wound up pulling my back late last week, and then I had all these plans for the weekend, and I wound up getting a really bad cold and sore throat. And you're not here to hear me complain about getting a cold and a sore throat, but I, I it's going to make sense in a minute because I want to talk about somebody else, another person that you don't know from my school whose name is Cole. Cole Patrick is a young buck. I don't know how old he is. Maybe he's 20. Maybe he's like 19 or 20. Maybe he's 21. I don't think he's 21. But Cole Patrick is a blue belt at our school who he happened he happened to win a gold medal at a competition this weekend, which is great. Congratulations, Cole, on your gold medal. But here's where here's where he's really a gold medalist. Cole Patrick has invited every single friend that he's ever had that's home from college to come train, to train jujitsu for the summer with us. And a few of them are training at school, but a bunch of them have never trained before. And Cole's just like one of these guys that I, I don't know his power, magic, and influence, but... He basically went to all of his friends that are home from college and was like, you should really try jujitsu. So we've had this, we've had this influx of new students that are here for the summer. And I had, I pulled a muscle in my back and I was sick all weekend. Monday rolled around and I decided, I was feeling a lot better, but I decided to take Monday morning off from, from, my, from training. And I was supposed to teach the beginner basic gi class on Monday night. And I was so close to canceling it. I was just, I felt depleted. I felt like I needed a night. None of our other coaches were available to fill in. And I was so close to canceling. But I didn't. And when I pulled up at the gym and I, you know, I walked in with my gi bag over my shoulder, just feeling beat. And I looked in the room and it was the biggest it was the biggest beginner class our school has ever had now mind you I, i'm 
you know, I'm not a seasoned teacher. I'm I'm the guy that can get brand new people up to speed and get them rolling with with basics. But I I walked in depleted and I looked at this room full of we had blue belts, we had multi-stripe white belts, we had brand new people, and we had a bunch of Cole Patrick's friends from college. And I looked at this room, and my my first thought was, "Wow, I'm glad I I'm glad I didn't bail. I'm glad I didn't cancel." And immediately, my back felt better, and immediately, any of like the lingering exhaustion that I felt from being sick over the weekend was was gone, and. It's the it's the fire that comes when you are in a room full of people who have decided that out of all of the things that they could spend their time doing, they have chosen to train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And for all of the places that they could have chosen to train, they have trained at our academy at First Colony in Marblehead. And... The responsibility and opportunity that comes with that fills everybody with fire, everybody in the room. And, you know, you get on the mat, and these guys and girls, everybody in that room just drilled hard. And I'm just perpetually grateful for this activity, for this martial art, for this sport, for the system of self-defense, for the amazing people over such a broad spectrum of ages and abilities that come together and and we grapple. We grapple. And we you just, you know, we're just in there, just in there grinding. And for for every single one, I'm talking like a half dozen people that Cole brought in. No one's being weird. No one's being spazzy. Um, I call them kids. They're young adults, but I'm a 51-year-old man and, you know, well old enough to be all of their dads. And I'm just thinking to myself, what a group, what a tribe of young people. And it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really good summer at First Colony. For a lot of your schools, uh, if you're an older white belt or above, and you're and you're here with us hanging out, really get really get those young young bucks under your wing, and know that you, as an older white belt, just your presence and your your ability to be a stable, uh, proficient presence that can that can help get brand new people up to speed, particularly if you get the if you get the younger kids coming in for the summer influx. I sound like such an old man right now. And I'm not sorry about it. Um the world needs the world needs well established, well initiated men and women who will come alongside other men and women, but particularly young men and women and to be solid, upright, upstanding people uh, in their lives and on the mat, providing a safe place for a fun, dangerous activity. So I could go on and on and on and on, but mostly 
You know, just a little check-in for the week, what it's been like. I hope that training has gone great for you. I hope that you have uh, the person coming into your gym who uh, is behaving humbly and working really hard. I hope that you have a group of I hope you have a group of young people coming in for the summer to keep you sharp and to remind you of your role. And I hope you have someone like Cole Patrick who believes enough in your academy to say, I want all of my friends to come. I want all of my friends to come and train and to have a good time and to spend the summer doing something worthwhile. Okay, so now with all of that, let's jump in to some voicemails. Hey, my white belt. First and foremost, just wanted to thank you for being uh, such a great reference point for the new and aspiring uh, white belts in, in the jiu-jitsu community. It's it's tough when all you have is questions and, and you know not too many places for answers. You, you sum it up pretty well. So uh, with that being said, I had a quick question for you, which is um, just some context. I've been training consistently three to four times a week for about nine to 10 months. Love the sport. Um, just wondering, I'm, I'm a one stripe at this point. And, um, uh, you know, I, have noticed that I'm, uh, I'm progressing a little faster than on some of the people that are two and three stripes, uh, at my gym. Um, so I was wondering if stripes are actually tied to progression or if that's something that's reserved for belts, because I don't really care for stripes. Um, I feel like as long as I'm a white belt with four stripes, one stripe, I'm, I'm the white belt still. So to me, it's, it's, just going to be whenever I'm ready for my blue, that's going to be that day. And um, yeah, just wanted to get your take on it. So I know uh, how I am progressing versus what I might be measuring myself up as, you know, being a a one stripe at this point. Um, So yeah, uh, if you can get that question answered for me, that'd be great. Uh, Really loving the podcast. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing. We all appreciate it. That's an awesome question, and thanks to everybody who has been going to mywhitebelt.com and clicking questions and sending in questions. I've got a bunch, and over time, I'm going to try to get to all of them. And so just know that if you have submitted a question and it hasn't shown up in the, you know, if it hasn't shown up yet, it probably will. So, yeah, there's a lot of lot of conversations about stripes. And here's what I would say about your stripes relative to others. And this is this might this is probably a question for a bl- for a brown or a black belt that's actually grading students, but here's how I see it. And if you're listening to the podcast and you are a professor or you know a brown belt or or a black belt coach, I, I know that every every coach and every school has this a little bit differently. But this is one of the things for the jujitsu academies that I am connected with through social media and and particularly my own. It seems like. You are whatever rank you are in the context of you. And it is kind of mysterious. And, and maybe, listen, if I was, if my coach is Liam, if I was Liam, it's probably not mysterious at, at all to him. But to me, I look at it and I just go, you know, okay, 
how does this work? And I think that it comes down to whatever rank you are, you are the rank in the context of you. So I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I'm 51 years old. I spent most of my life morbidly obese. You guys are all probably tired of hearing me tell my story. But so I was, you know, I'm, I'm older. I started at 47. I never played sports. I was very out of shape. And I am, and then we have people in our school who are my age who have been competitive athletes their whole lives either team sports or cycling we have a couple guys in our in our school one is my you know my dear friend who's like a competitive cyclist and they're just incredibly strong and mobile and they're accomplished athletes i am i'm a purple belt in the context of gym and so my coach looks at me and it's it's less about who am I beating, you know, who am I, (laughs) and this is, I think, probably true across the board, you're probably not getting promoted based on who you can beat up and who you can choke out. I think there are so many things that factor into it, and the real moral of this story is twofold. You have to trust your coach, that's number one, and In trusting your coach, you have to know that this person, your coach, is probably a brown belt or a black belt, and maybe a high-level black belt if you're really fortunate, and that person is able to look at you, and it's what, uh, so my coach calls it the all-seeing eye of jujitsu. You know, on the on the one dollar bill, there's that that pyramid with the eye at the top of it. It's the all-seeing eye. So Liam talks about the all-seeing eye of jujitsu, where the coach just kind of looks looks at his student and says, "Yeah, uh, for who you are and where you are, what's in, in, you know your level of." Commitment to the school. Are you showing up? Are you training hard? Are you contributing to the school? Are you, you know, and then, you know, you have to, and then, you know, to say that curriculum doesn't factor into it at all would be, I think, wrong. So, you know, when I was getting ready for Purple Belt, there was a list of things, you know, you need to have, listen, you need to have an omoplata, you need to have these different things that you need to have on your particular list, but the context for your rank is is completely just about you and how your coach perceives you. And then the other piece here is to not look to your left or to your right because... What somebody else is or isn't or has and does not have has absolutely nothing to do with you. Now, I will say that there are some schools where it gets weird politically. We talked about this last week with Rob Ingram from McDojo Life and how there are some people who own not, you know, I think it's hopefully it's less prevalent in jujitsu. But there are jujitsu coaches who just look and they just go, yeah, I'm not just not going to get, I'm not going to promote that person because they don't like them or because they've just decided to be weird or they've got some axe to grind. 
And so I'm not talking about those situations. I'm talking about a healthy, a healthy school with a healthy, wise, committed, balanced professor who is able to say, who is able to, using what Liam would call the all-seeing eye of jujitsu, accurately assess where each individual person is. But the lesson for you is for you to not care. It's not to not care about what you have and don't have or what you can do or can't do, but to really not measure your success, or I shouldn't say that, to not measure your rank by the person to your left or the person to your right. You are whatever you are in the context of you. And for me, that's one of the beautiful parts of jujitsu. Uh, anybody could put together you know, a thing that says, you can do these five moves and now you're this. And you know, I guess some schools do that. It's not how my school does things. I don't have judgment of it. I just happen to love the beauty of having a trustworthy coach who an experienced, trustworthy coach who's really able to go below the surface and award ranks in the context of the person who is earning them. I hope that helps. All right, let's do another one. Hi, my name's Chrissy. I'm a white belt. No stripes started uh, in January 2022. And my question is, how does a white belt keep motivated when everything seems to be going wrong. Um, you get very frustrated. It doesn't seem to be clicking. It just doesn't seem to be working. And it's been months now. So how does a white belt keep motivated? It's such an honest, great, important question. And I just begin with the truth that it's jujitsu is hard. Jiu-jitsu is hard emotionally. Jiu-jitsu is hard physically. It's a it's a it's a challenging art and that's really why we do it. So, I would I would probably take issue with the sentence when nothing is going right. And I know that it feels that way. And I I honor and respect the perspective in which that question is asked. But something is going right. Something is going right. And not only are some things going right during class, but the fact that you're still showing up is probably the most important thing that's going right. And this might seem like a fluffy, motivational speaker answer in part, but it's true, and it's, and it's this idea that if the only thing that's going right is the fact that you're still showing up even though it's hard, there's your, there's your win. There's your check mark. To be able to say, I mean, what do you do with somebody who says, this thing that I've chosen is really, really hard, and I'm finding it incredibly, I'm finding it incredibly challenging, and I'm still going. I'm not quitting. I mean, especially as a no-stripe, brand-new white belt, in that single decision, in your decision to show up, something, not only is something going right, but the most important thing is going right. 
So now let's talk about what happens after you've done that most important right thing, which is showing up. Now it's about finding the places in a typical class where you feel strong and where you don't feel so strong. And it might, it might be that warm-ups are completely kicking your butt. And so you're going to set a micro goal in your warm-ups that say, hey, during warm-ups, I find myself having to pause and rest for 30 seconds four times. Maybe you set a micro goal that says, I'm going to, my goal is by the end of the month to make it through warm ups without having to stop. Another goal might be more of like an internal emotional goal where you say, there's that person at your school that you never want to roll with because you're just, you're convinced that you're going to get smashed and you don't want to roll with them for fear of just like, I don't know, maybe it's somebody who started a couple months after you did and you don't want to roll with them because you don't want to have to tap. And maybe another goal is to is to roll with that person and not particularly care whether you tap or not, but just the fact that you're facing the the intimidation of, of rolling with them and you overcome that. And in each of those little goals, you begin to see successes form. And in in that, you gain steam. I think if I can give you a little bit of a little bit of motivation, it would simply be to say, every single person that you train with has had to overcome obstacles. Your black belt coach was once a white belt. And he or she felt clueless at first. And they felt clueless because they were clueless because nobody is born knowing jujitsu. Maybe if your last name is Gracie or Machado, it doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe you come from a jujitsu lineage where you never, where you don't have any memory of never training. Our first guest was Shane Mount. He has no memory of, of ever not owning a gi and training jujitsu. But for the rest of us, Everybody starts clueless. Everybody start. Everybody starts not knowing jujitsu. So, in terms of motivation, you can look at any upper belt at your academy, and you can rest assured that they were where you are. And if you continue to do that most important thing, which is showing up, you will build a game. You will build a game. And that game will not only manifest itself in stripes and a belt color, blah, 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 but more importantly, it will result in the satisfaction that you have knowing that you didn't quit and you kept going. Uh, I want you to keep going. And, and for anybody who's here and is in a season of feeling uniquely clueless or discouraged, just to say this was the promise that was made to me when I first started. If you continue to show up, your game will form and your game will not look like anybody else's game. I don't know anybody who continues to train jiu-jitsu who doesn't find it worth it. I also don't know anybody who trains jiu-jitsu and finds it easy. And so it's, it's in that balance that we land and say it's difficult 
and I'm doing it anyhow. It's difficult, and I ain't going nowhere. It's difficult, and I'm in this for life. It's difficult, and I'm putting myself in the depths of that difficulty to prove to myself that I can do hard things and ultimately to know that those hard things pay off. Hello, Jim. I just wanted to say uh, I enjoy your podcast and I'm looking forward to more content. Your Instagram is very well put together and new white belt here. A police officer for 17 years, disabled military veteran, and I'm just getting into it with my second class today. Just wanted a question about is any tips for a beginner as far as what to bring the class, what not to bring the class, and also uh, going forward, tips to be committed and also to uh, improve a game as a white belt with no experience to just stay committed to the uh, to the art. Thank you. Take care. Well, I uh, am honored and humbled to get this question from you, somebody who... Uh, has served our country in the military and somebody who is serving your community as a police officer and somebody who, with all of that experience, has said, hey, why don't I add one more log to this fire? <laughs> how about how about if as a fully mature professional adult with overwhelming adult responsibilities, I think that I think I'm going to add training jujitsu to my list of things that I that I do. And uh, in terms of the staying motivated, we kind of covered a lot of that with Chrissy's with Chrissy's question. And for you, with your background in, in you know military training and in law enforcement, my guess is you're probably not going to have a lot of difficulty staying committed. It's pretty hard to do either of those jobs without being a person who is committed. But in terms of just like a super practical thing regarding what to bring to class, I actually really like that question. And I've been thinking about doing a little Instagram reel on it. I like uh, this is this is a, a note from the playbook of Jeff Grossman, and you guys have heard me talk about Jeff Grossman in previous podcasts. I like talking about the people who are in my tribe, whether it's talking about Liam or talking about Frizzy or talking about Cole today, and I've mentioned or or Ashi. Uh, Matt Ashi Kid Dolan shows up in every podcast episode, and I'm just going to say his name today so that I can look at him on the mat tomorrow and say, yep, you showed up in the podcast again. But this is a play out of the Jeff Grossman playbook, and Jeff is a four-stripe brown belt who everybody knows is really a black belt, and it's, you know, whatever. I'm not going to say any more about that, but he's like the best guy. And Jeff I took this play from from Jeff's playbook. I would consider him like a mentor of sorts in many respects, but Jeff likes being the guy, and I now like being the guy who has the gear bag that is full of whatever a person might need. So my gear bag obviously always has my gi, always has my belt, usually has an extra white belt just in case there's somebody new and we don't have a white belt. And then beyond that, my bag has tape. It has band-aids. It has 
multiple kinds of tape. So there's like the medical tape, there's the tape that you use to tape your fingers for support. I always have breath mints, breath spray, and gum. I always have body wipes. I always have a knee brace. I typically have an extra knee brace. I always have a wa- I always have like an emergency water bottle in case I forget my regular water bottle. Uh, my gear bag is a bag that you can get from Tap Cancer Out. I'm actually going to post a link to the Tap Cancer Out bag that I use because I think it's an uh, an awesome it's an awesome bag. I like to be the guy that if anybody's in class and somebody says, "Hey, anybody got a blah blah blah?" I can go, "Yes, it's in my bag. Go help yourself." And it's just. Listen, it might sound goofy, but it's just a nice it's a nice way to serve new people. It's just a nice way to serve anybody that's coming in that needs something. You need some tape, you need a band-aid. I remember when I first started, uh I didn't know, you know, anything about taping my fingers, and Jeff was like, "Oh yeah, hold on a second. He went to his bag and he gave me like two brand new fresh rolls of jujitsu tape, of grappler tape." And and I was like, can I give you money for these? And he's like, no, you can't give me money for those. Uh, so I bring, that's what I bring. Oh, the other thing that's super important is my bag always has a pair of flip-flops or sandals or something. Because if you leave the mat, particularly brand new people, if you don't know this, this is really important. If you leave the mat to go to the bathroom, you really have to put something on your feet. And so most of us tend to keep a pair of slippers or sandals in our bags so that we can throw those on. I also keep a couple of, they're called sneaker balls, and they are just like these things that are made to put in your sneakers to keep them from stinking. I keep a couple of those in my bag as well just because, you know, it gets a little nasty, it gets a little funky in there, and I wanna wanna decrease the funk. And so I'll throw a couple of those in there. I admittedly have been the person I really like coffee who's with me who really likes coffee and I can be the guy with stinky breath and I don't want to be the guy with stinky breath so yeah Listerine strips breath spray gum all of that is in my bag so yeah that's what's in my bag and load up your bag be that person you know it's really just that piece of it is really about the spirit in which we operate as a as a tribe as a jiu-jitsu tribe who do you want to be who do you want to be in the room that's probably a good that's probably a good note for us to begin to wrap up on the question was what do you bring to what do you bring to class and yeah i could say a good attitude and i could say all those esoteric things that i say but what are the actual things that you bring you bring the good attitude bring a gear bag filled with stuff that is helpful that you can be generous with and bring a perception of who you want to be in the room and who you are in the room. Do you train selfishly or do you train selflessly? Do you operate from a place of scarcity or do you operate from a place of generous abundance? 
Be the person in the room who operates from a place of generous abundance. Be the person in the room where if you feel discouraged, if you feel like you're having a hard time, that rather than fishing for compliments or offering like a perception of, oh, poor me, I'm just so bad at jujitsu, just silence that and come in as the generous, committed training partner who is working as hard as you possibly can, not because you're looking for a pat on the back, but because you love this beautiful martial art. I'm so thankful to everybody who's listening. I say this every week. I can't believe how the podcast is continues to grow and the platform continues to grow. And this is a community. I hope that you have a really good week of training. I hope that if you're finding the podcast helpful, that you will subscribe to it that you'll write a review. Don't write a bad review. I'm just kidding. Do whatever you have to do. (laughs) But uh, all five-star awesome good job reviews are welcome. Everybody else just, I don't know. If you don't like it, don't tell anybody. If you like it, tell everybody. I hope, again, I hope you have a great week of training. We'll be back next week with another episode of My White Belt. And until then... Keep having fun, training hard, and send your questions in to mywhitebelt.com. Bye.